Are you feeling lost? Oh my god, am I? Do you have no direction in your life? No? Do you feel that your god doesn't care about you? <laughs> have you considered voodoo? Voodoo? That's right, voodoo. It's the fastest growing religion in the world right now. I thought that was Scientology. Voodoo is primarily practiced by going into a trance and channeling the spirit of a loa. A loa loa? In voodoo, you become the god. This is a Medicinal Mass Network production. Enjoy. What's up, Meth Tweakers? Welcome back to another episode of the FBI Basement, the podcast where we watch and review every single episode of the X-Files. And why do we do it? Because we're sad and lonely. We crave community, really. I just wish someone would love me. I want another season of community. Everyone wants another season of community. It's just not going to happen. Today on the program, uh, the X-Files tackles... Voodoo and the 90s Haitian refugee crisis. Which didn't actually happen, but okay. This is Todd, your host for the evening, and I am joined by my panel of conspiracy theorists and wackos. First off, my better half, Shannon. Hi. Uh, she is also a writer and uh, con lurker. and, and this- It's really hot. She's kind of sweaty right now. I'm kind of sweaty. Joining us as well, uh, maker of art stuff and provider of in-call and out-call professional domination, Marissa. (laughs) Anxiety is literally just conspiracy theories about yourself. (laughs) Don't give me credit. I saw that on white people Twitter. I I might be on Reddit. Um, Take away my Facebook, but you'll never take away my Reddit. She didn't deny that she was a dominatrix either. (laughs) Oh, my God. I didn't tell fuck? him. I didn't. He came up with that on his own. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Now I'm going to back up and redo that because I don't want people to like fucking call you up and try to. Will you you're like, kick hey, me? Hey, will you will, like will you step kick- on my dick? <laughs> I no. Let them call me. <laughs> you know what? Let them because then she'd have a steady stream of money. Um. <laughs> This is illegal. No. <laughs> Would that make me a pimp? Yes. Okay. Oh okay. my god, this has gotten weird already. Everything. Okay, roll it back. Roll it. And the pimp of podcasts, uh, Valentine Strand. Yeah, yeah. This is my bottom bitch podcast. But we're right. a top performer, though. That's what the bottom bitch is. That's it. You gotta, be, you gotta be glad to be a bottom bitch. Oh, I didn't. I don't know that. I didn't know what the um uh, what what the hierarchy was. What is the pecking order in a harem of hoes? Uh, everyone who's who you run till they run till they uh, till they broke, and your bottom bitch you treat the best because she stuck around through the hardest shit. My uh, sweetest taboo. <laughs> <laughs> this is my bottom bitch, sweetest taboo. Okay, uh, today we are reviewing. Fresh Bones, which is the 15th episode of the second season of The X-Files, originally airing on February 3rd, 1995. This was written by Howard Gordon and directed by Rob Bowman. Who we'll see more of, maybe. I don't know. And uh, before we get started on this journey, uh, Shannon, could you tell me a little bit about why there were Haitian refugees in the 90s? Because Haiti sucks. 
Okay, not really. Look, it kind of does. So in the late 80s, early 90s, about 92, uh, there was this thing where people kind of lost their minds and the overthrow of a democratically elected uh, President Jean-Baptiste Aristide occurred. And then there was civil war and upheaval and Haitians basically took to the oceans. Now, this is important to say because it comes up in the episode, they start talking about the numbers and it's like, what, 25,000 people or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. This episode is, what, 95, 96? Right. There's about 270 Haitian refugees. None of them ever come stateside to the United States. They're all like Gitmo, basically. They're at Guantanamo Bay under some pretty deplorable conditions. And there's about 270 of them because we turned everybody else away because we thought they had AIDS and shit. Hmm. So, um, and, there you, you go. know, if you, if you, if you listen to the Fugees, you might know all this stuff or not. However, I will recommend the score. Cause that is just a fucking great album. Did you hear me saying anything bad about the score? Oh, no, no, but I do highly recommend it. And it does have Akon on it. Okay, we're going to, before we dive into this one, I'd like to just give you a little bit of information. We want to let you know that the FBI basement comes to you every Thursday free of charge and will always be free of charge. Uh, however, if you like what you're hearing and want to kick in a little bit and maybe help me buy a copy of God of War because that game looks really cool. Dad of War. Dad of War. <laughs> Dad of War. Dad of uh, Boy. You can do that by donating to our Patreon campaign. That is patreon.com slash FBI basement. There are many different tiers that you can donate in, but donating at any level, even as low as the $1 level, will get you access to all sorts of goodies, such as experimental podcasts that we are recording elsewhere. Stuff that... Um, is that like the sound of iced tea stirring and... Well, more or less, it's me and Val talking about video games and the history of console wars and an unnamed Shannon Marissa project to be decided. There is some singing on there as well. We oh, is there really? <laughs> as well, there might be some uh, some art that Marissa did on there, too. I need to do something for this Patreon. Like, I, I don't know what. But uh, check us out, patreon.com slash FBI basement, or find us through, find it through the uh, medicinalmass.com website or the Facebook page. Or consult uh, the Oracle. We will appreciate every dollar you send to us, and we will use those dollars to provide you with greater and more varied content. Or not. Both are possible. God, I've been drinking since noon. He really has been. He's actually not making a joke. Does it count as drinking if it's been like two beers in between, like <laughs> like a ten hour span? Uh, this is actually his third beer, so oh my my mistake, my mistake. Wait, are we also counting the root beer that you had at the the movie, or that was a Mister Pib? <laughs> Get it right. I, I am dissociating hard tonight. Can we just do the episode? Where you hey, go? at least it wasn't a tab. Where the fuck do you find tab? <laughs> Because I will drink the fuck out of some tab. In Folkestone, North Carolina. <laughs> and a Marine Corps private named Jack McAlpin gets up in the morning and eats a very angry bowl of cereal like that is with his angriest. wife and child. <laughs> this guy is like seething too. It's like, like, he's just like, did he eat the prize? Is that why he's pissed? Like, he just wants to fucking eat. Fucking whistle, silence. kid. Arr! 
I think he's mad because look how dark he is and how fair complected that child is. No, like he, he knows did. she's fucking around. <laughs> like he got deployed, he nearly died, and she was fucking his best friend. And he knows it, but he can't prove it. And that child is blonde haired and blue eyed. Now he's pissed. He's like, I'm gonna finish these cornflakes, and the second I leave, you're gonna be fucking them, aren't you? What are you talking about? <laughs> like he is so resentful about the kid. Like, that's how this episode starts, is it's like, it's your turn with the baby. And his day doesn't really get that much better after that, because after he leaves on his way to work, he starts hallucinating while <laughs> driving and rams his car full speed into a tree. Right, yeah, this is... We've all the, had that day, man. They did the Austin Powers thing where the guy sticks up his hand, he goes, no! They, like, they do, like, the ten shots in between of him and the tree and back to him and then back to the tree and then back to him and then finally <laughs> on the tree. Can we just be happy that it wasn't like the frame eating monster that this guy wraps his car around the tree and then <laughs> carved on the tree appears to be some kind of religious symbol. As the camera pans up to the strange chalk drawn signal sim, symbol on the tree, we go to the opening credits. <laughs> I think I just had an aneurysm from that. It's the greatest song ever. <laughs> this is the second purported suicide for amongst troops that has occurred in recent times. You find out that he's stationed at INS in an INS compound processing refugees from Haiti. Nope. And uh, Fox Mulder and Dana Scully are on the case to figure out what's going on. Okay. Why? Probably because the occult symbols found. But oh, yeah. Shouldn't this maybe go to, I don't know, like NCIS or Jack or another show that's on CBS? They didn't want to touch this with a 10-foot pole. They were like, no, thank you. But in comes Mulder and Scully to this... Uh, Mulder and Scoobly. <laughs> Mumbler and Bubbly. Mumbler and Bubbly. So when uh, Kreitcher comes back, will he be surprised, bitch, as well? Like A young boy named Chester Bonaparte is amongst the refugees, and he quickly offers Scully... Uh, a what I believe is supposed to be a juju bag. Um, is it because I thought that was hoodoo and hoodoo is white people voodoo? Yeah, in the scene, uh, she started getting harassed by an old dude and he was like, Go away, looked like he was like chanting at her. And he comes, Oh, yeah, hey, he, go away, go away. And his accent was so bad. I was, how did he keep that up that whole episode? I was waiting for him to drop and be like, Nah, I'm just from Detroit. Well, I don't know, but I don't know, but I love this kid. <laughs> it's like the accent in one way or is may not be great, but I'm absolutely loving. This kid is just literally the best. Like uh, Mulder buys the charm from the kid. Did he remember that one? And the two go to meet with Colonel Wharton, who is running this uh, compound. <laughs> he is just a true paragon of virtue. 
uh, yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty not, he's not very happy about this assignment and about the way his men are treated. He also points out, apparently, uh, there have been kind of, uh, things have been kind of rough between the refugees and the Marines that are stationed there. They were not friends. They are not friends. Apparently, this may uh, stem from a riot, which resulted in the death of a young boy. And uh, while no one felt that loss more heavily than he did, than, than the colonel did. Uh, hey, that was his son and all. Cry me a river. He does finger uh, one of the Whoa, one no. of the refugees as refi- religious leader. This would be he fingered the religious leader. <laughs> <laughs> Pierre Bouvet. <laughs> You see, kids, <laughs> this this episode took a wicked twist. I just <laughs> it, it went down fast. Um, so he's got this. He's got this so he's got uh, religious leader on his knees. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's uh, well. Mulder goes into question the religious leader, and and uh, we get the impression that we're dealing with some uh, voodoo here. <laughs> That voodoo that you do so well. There's another one. Uh, one of McAlpern's. Um, uh, Associates, a man named uh, Harry Dunham with a uh, serious New Orleans accent comes in. Is it? Is it? <laughs> is it? Is, is it really? Because I feel like it isn't. Well, he very much believes in voodoo and that there is that there are some serious shit going on in this thing. Is it? Scully, uh, meanwhile, tries to uh, tries to gear up for an autopsy, but when they go to retrieve Halpin's body, it's been replaced by the corpse of a dog. Yeah, the that that was like really funny when they said uh, we have a temporary camp morgue. That's when Scully was like, "I went to that as a kid." Like she she is very excited. <laughs> you know what? For some reason, this called to mind the scene in The Omen where they dig up. Uh, Damien's birth mother, and find that it's a jack. It's like the, the the bones of a dog or a jackal or something like that. Like it's some ungodly creature thing, though. Like that's the whole point. That, that's what this this scene reminds me of for some reason. I just wasn't that a good movie. It's a great. Can we just review that and not not keep doing this, please? Well, later on, Mulder and Scully are driving down the road, and turns out McAlpin is not as dead as everybody thought he was. Hmm. He's all tweaking out, and he, he all he had on was his jeans or whatever. What's found that he's got uh, tetrodotoxin. Tetra yeah, uh, a chemical. Uh, oh, are we to the scene where Mulder just basically describes watching the serpent in the rainbow? Right. Uh, like he is literally like it's not the book at all. He literally just describes like the West Craven movie. Like he literally <laughs> describes the West Craven movie version of like serpent in the rainbow are we to that point yes because Mulder uh believes that tetrodotoxin is a ritual that is part of haitian zombification yeah like this is just essentially like Mulder basically describes like he doesn't describe like he talks about the book and he talks about the research behind it but it's literally like he just basically describes Serpent in the Rainbow. Uh, Val, you got anything on tetrodotoxin? <laughs> yeah, that, that's that puffer fish uh, toxin. That's the first one. Mm-hmm. We get to a better chemical later on. Yeah, and that's you know, and this is sort of that's the the, the puffer fish stuff. And if yeah, you're not it familiar, makes, you, makes yeah. you become like almost uh, lowers your heart rate or whatever, and makes you appear dead. And then, uh, how did where was this dude? He so what was the deal? They he must have like 
did he put the dog in there? Was he all tripping and like got out and put a dead dog in there? Uh, We're not sure. We don't know yet. (laughs) Oh man. And we may never know because where do you get the dead dog? We don't know. The decision is made to exhume the corpse of the of the first soldier that was killed. Uh, And uh, but unfortunately, that grave is empty. They got to him first. (gasps) They also find Chester, who is there catching frogs. to sell to some of the some of his other refugees, which is uh, kind of, which is a really important uh, point right there. But yeah. anyways, continue on. Because uh, it's interesting to note that uh, Chester seems to be able to enter and leave the camp at his leisure. Uh, he opens up to Mulder and Scully over some some like uh, some fast food fried chicken. Yeah, like it's like they all he gets fried chicken. He gets to eat fried chicken. I get more fries. Like that kid is great. Apparently, no, he, he supplies the frogs to Beauvais. Mm-hmm. And along comes Durham again, uh, who decides that he is time to squeal to Mulder about the fact that um, uh, the Colonel Wharton is now uh, taking out, uh, getting back at Beauvais by abusing the uh, refugees in the camp. Yeah, why is he in charge of where they go and why they can't go back? Because they, they're saying how they want to leave and he won't let them leave. What a dick. Uh, Wharton, of course, uh, says, no, nah, I'm not doing that. And then immediately, uh, immediately does that. Beats Beauvais to death. Immediately <laughs> orders orders Beauvais to be beaten to death. Like, no, this we're not like doing his, that. Is this like when his fucking ham starts spurting blood? Yeah, I think so. Like, this is, <sighs> this is where Scully cuts her hand. She, she tears her hand on a thorn on a wreath of thorns that's placed around, uh, the steering column of the car that they're using. Mm-hmm. For reasons. So early a uh, couple scenes back, they had actually noticed another toxin. I don't remember what scene exactly, but they called it bufu toxin. Uh, I thought bufu toxin was the was the puffer fish stuff. No, that was that was the one that was in this dude. Because um, they came, they had mentioned another one called bufu toxin, and this mm. is a, this is the one that Scully has now scratched her finger on, where she starts to actually hallucinate uh, bufu toxin is almost exactly akin to uh, NN uh, dimethyltryptamine or 5-MeO-DMT or uh, uh, psychedelic psilocybin, 4-HO-DMT. Um, so when she starts tripping, like she's, this is actually what would happen. And this is actually derived from the skin of a, uh, a toad. So that scene where the kid's pulling up frogs, he was harvesting them for exactly that reason. So this is what would happen if you were to say lick the toad is what you're Yeah, this is, this is almost that, that exact same trip, but that you, you can't really lick the toad. You have to like string it up and uh, poke it with sticks till it's angry and it secretes the venom. Like that's the one for the Amazon, but this one or smoke it or eat mm. it. But there's, there's a reason like people in uh, like this one is right here in America and I believe in uh, Europe, but uh, dogs will eat these a lot of the time and trip out. Well, mm. now we know how to get Watson high. <laughs> By the way, I should probably mention that that uh, after Dunham, uh, that, that Chester actually ran away from Mulder after the uh, trip to the chicken shack, and uh, oh right, disappeared. Hello, and, cat. Like, Are you UFO? Re- reappeared as a black cat, apparently. Hello, yeah, cat. Mulder's chasing UFO? after him, and you can clearly see in the scene where the kid cuts to the right, and Mulder keeps going to the left, and then he stares at the cat, like, "No, you missed him. He just went right a couple, <laughs> couple." Fucking hello, cat. Are you UFO? Yeah, 
He's like, no way. Oh, you turned into a cat. No, like Chester's just like hanging out over there. Also, it's it's not uncommon to offer uh, the departed fried chicken, but and Loa's <laughs> fried uh, chicken. But well, like, it's, Jesus, though, it's time for mold. Oh, man, I don't think I've ever seen this guy happy. Like Molda, Mister Molda, what the shit? Uh, apparently, he informs them that he and Skelly will soon be called back, and that the camp is going to be restricted to military personnel only. Why? The D state. Mulder believes that Wharton is persecuting the refugees after the suicide of some of his men during the previous trip during a previous trip to Haiti. That's, uh, uh, is this where Scully starts tripping for the first time? Like, well, what, was, uh, what was the thing? Was her face or something? Was like, uh, can't quite remember what her trip was like when she started noticing it. But yet again, she doesn't tell Mulder she's hallucinating again. She never tells Mulder when she's hallucinating. Well, I think something that happens is, if I recall correctly, and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this, dear. You usually do. Scully lets uh, some uh, lets I think McAlpin into her hotel room because she, she thinks he's Mulder. Oh yeah, she's laying on the bed. That's what it is, and she's like getting choked or whatever. Yeah, but then like, Mulder calls her. But she like yeah, she like wakes up out of like she couldn't breathe. She was like almost dying or whatever, and, and like and then what was it? The call that woke something brought brought her out of it, and there was nothing in the room, and she was like, oh, what the hell was that? But then they find uh, Durham in her bathtub, right? Uh yeah. Was it yeah. her bathtub or just a bathtub? It was her total. They find a corpse. And Mulder does catch McAlpin with a knife nearby. So suggesting that McAlpin killed Durham, right? Yeah. But he has no recollection recollection of the event, of course, because he's a zombie, right? <sighs> he confesses to the murder under the influence of Wart, who tells the agents that, that Beauvais committed suicide and that their investigation is over. Mm. Fuck off. Hmm. But uh, the wife of McAlpin and the son of her and the mother of his oddly toe-headed child brings up a picture of uh, Wharton with Bovee, with Bovee in Haiti, which gives the agents reason to go through uh, Wharton's office. It turns out that both Dunham and McAlpin had, had uh, filed complaints against Wharton over over the his treatment of the detainees. They head to the cemetery where Wharton is actually performing the voodoo ritual over Bove's body. And this is where Scully starts to peek really hard. Yeah, like this gets kind of nuts. Right. So uh, this is known as sympathetic magic where you hurt yourself to hurt someone else. Right. And basically Wharton is uh, using that to cause pain to Mulder. While meanwhile, in Scully's thing, she's being attacked from behind and choked. It keeps going until she manages to grab that uh, juju bag that uh, Mulder has hung up on the uh, rearview mirror. Mostly to fuck with her. And once it, she grabs it, it stops. Yeah, that struggle to grab it, that like I can really feel that too. Like I hate that in dreams. Just wanting to get out of it to, to the point where like, you finally wake yourself up with a scream and you're screaming out of a dream. No one else get that? Just me, just just screaming yeah, just myself you. awake? Just okay. You. All right. Just you. <laughs> just you. But during the fracas, uh, Wharton turns around to find Beauvais standing there, and he blows a fistful of powder into his face. Scully arrives to assist Malter and pronounces Wharton dead. No, no, no. It's like, did you kill him? Is this another one I have to tack on? Great, Mulder. 
Right now, it's another body we have to hide. Or autopsy. And he's like trying to turn a negative into a positive. And she's like, yeah, that's true. And then very excited. McAlpin, no longer tripping hard, is uh, is there the next day to sort of see the agents off. And Mulder asks about Chester, who he hadn't seen. And McAlpin reveals that Chester was the young boy who was killed in the in the riot. So who is the uh, magical black man? I believe it was Chester. Chester was the magical Negro in this episode. I no, 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 but there was two. There was two of them. Oh, that's true. Bovey, you mean? No, 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 no. The old dude who was strangling Scully was also the guy in the very beginning who was harassing her, and the little kid made him come, make, made him go away. Yeah, you know what? Don't worry about it. So we, they, they Don't brought about the it. ghost with them. Don't worry about it. The, the thing that I got from it is that Chester was actually a Loa masquerading as, as Chester. I assumed it was a Loa, but what do I know? I mean, because the thing is, like, you can you can bribe Loas to your favor with fried chicken. Well, yeah, the Loas when you're making offering they to a fucking voodoo love Loa, chicken. When yeah. you make an offering to a voodoo Loa, they they kind of like the stuff that humans like. If you want to please Baron Samedi, uh, bring cigars, chocolates, and brandy. I think Papa, Le- hang on, and maybe able. I think Papa Legba might like chicken. I like this is the conversation. These, the, these are having. the sort of offerings you bring to a, to to the loa uh, to the loa to sort of invoke them, right? Yeah, was yeah. my understanding of actual brute voodoo practices. Then this episode ends going down to uh, Wharton's grave, where he is terrifyingly banging on the coffin from the inside, buried alive, and living out a lot of people's worst fear. <laughs> I like how uh, they're like uh, the coroner to Scully on their way out. It's like, you checked him for tetrodotoxin, right? She's like, oh yeah, totally. Yeah, sure, why not? And then like, <laughs> just keeps walking. And he, yeah, it's, no, it's totally okay. He'll be fine. It'll be fine. Bye. Yeah. That's always a fun way to end an episode, right? Buried alive. Buried alive. I thought this one was all right. It was kind of a little bit, it was a little bit reductivist. That's one thing the X-Files almost always get right. The fun thing I'm, I'm, I'm noticing in it, I'm going back the last three episodes we've watched here more or less in a real supernatural parts in it an actual walking demon and possible voodoo loa i thought the ending of this was really good i thought the fact that the notion that wharton was actually practicing the harmful voodoo was probably a nice little twist to it don't you uh you know it's i i will say my issue is that it's sort of like there's just not a lot of i i feel like the thing is that it is i still feel like it's very white <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I oh well, yeah, and it's like, but it was, it was like, no. What I'm saying is, it's like it, it, I uh, little I, little too straight white male. Yeah it, it feels little, yeah, it feels a little white, and um, that's kind of my issue constantly with the X Files when they do things like this. Like, yeah, yeah, like when we they we'll see it when we get into like Trastalbisha's uh, the other. Uh, episode of this season that is just really super offensive when it deals with uh you know evil uh albinos and all of that is that it's like it's kind of like obviously not not a not not a not a uh culturally sensitive group but kind of not woke or shook or whatever <laughs> mercy your thoughts um I'm kind of like meh on this episode. It didn't. It didn't do a, a horrible job. It wasn't horrendous. Some of the effects were fucking awesome. Like I'm just going through the scene right now where Scully's tripping and the guy like comes out of her hand. Oh yeah, no, that is fucking craziness. 
if we had a scale here, what movie would we put at the bottom of Understanding Voodoo and what movie would we put at the top? Because this would be like... Um, you know, I would say on a scale of one to what the fuck am I looking at? Like, I feel like, God, what is it? The no, no, one no, that you no. made me watch. The Skeleton Key. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Well, would is you like, Skeleton Key up higher? Uh, I would say that that's a pretty good epi- a pretty good representation of like hoodoo and all that. So then you, have, you have Serpent in the Rainbow at the bottom. What I ah, it's it, it was very sensationalist and yeah. It, I mean, I, I would agree with you on that. Close in the X Files. <laughs> all right, fine. It's all the sensationalist aspects of of what voodoo is and. and uh, Val, got anything else? Uh, no, like I said, I I really enjoyed how they got the drug part of this episode right like yeah they definitely uh it just felt very shannon put it put it pretty well like not woke like this was this is like a they're trying to talk about this but it's basically a white person's understanding well, and it's also this under they kind of get preachy about like the whole like you know crises of what have you and this is not even no this isn't a problem you're literally talking about a crisis they're talking about a a humanitarian crisis that doesn't exactly actually exist in this episode and i i don't know all right well before we start passing out reviews for this one we're gonna give you a little bit of information as to the other projects and stuff that we're working on right now as i said at the start of this show this episode is brought to you by the medicinal mass network and funded by a patreon you can go to patreon.com fbi basement to make donations and keep our free episodes churning and get access to other different projects currently check out uh something we're called vg party where me and val are taking a nice long walk through the history of the console wars check out our next episode where we see sega's uh entry in sega's first serious entry into the wars with the genesis and uh, for more information about the medicinal mass podcasting network here's val uh yeah we're a we're a group of smurfs on the internet and we don't really know how to work it but we made a website a lot of little smurfs working on the website so it changes daily we're smurfing hard on that yeah we're smurfing hard smurfing the smurf out of the smurf right in its smurf with a big smurf you know what really smurfs me yeah and uh speaking of smurfing me here's the woman who smurfs me uh also she writes books about uh the department of the arcane a great series that you can check out you don't even know you want to read it but you want to read this books where can they find them uh well they can certainly find them uh at com or on the amazon uh they can check us out at convention and we will be at conventions lots of conventions so many conventions uh, we will be actually at Indie PopCon this week in Indianapolis, Indiana, uh, June 8th through the 10th. Then we will be at Hypericon in Nashville, uh, June 6th through the 8th. And then at Raleigh SuperCon at the end of the month, 27th through the 29th. Bill Shatner's going to be there. It's yes. going to be great. Yes, yes. Tell him you want to sleep with his fans. Oh, tell, God. Tell, oh, my God. Just, ugh. I go on about that forever. All right, we're going back to uh, Marissa now to hear about the Oddite Delight art. I'm still stuck on the Smurf thing. I'm like, you guys do business with the underpants gnomes? Uh, yeah, I do art. I uh, under the under the name O D D I T E, like all over the internet. Just try to scope me out. It might it might be a little difficult. 
Uh, check, definitely check out her stuff, and uh, sometimes you can see her on Picario TV. So, uh, some, not all the time. I, I might move on to seem very uh, look. Like, what is that? Let's, mm. just, let's just go to YouTube. Yeah, do YouTube. <laughs> all right, and uh, with that, mm. with all that information being passed along to you, it's time to get to the ratings. And uh, I'm rating this one. Uh, one jambalaya, one crawfish pie, and one filet gumbo. Now I'm hungry. Oh no, I'm getting this episode deported. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. it I am. I have my phone. I have it dialed. I am waiting. Yeah, I am. I am going to get this thing deported. This one, uh, two extremely overlicked toads, and they're like not even the psychedelic kind. Aww. There is an episode, by the way, coming up where they talk about looking toads, just so you know. And uh, Marissa? I give this episode uh, three and a half to four doses of whatever the hell, like that boofoo shit. <laughs> Not for the episode, for me. To get through the episode? It was all, all right. right. I would have been. Made it. <laughs> the FBI basement comes to you every Thursday morning or, sometime, or sometimes in the afternoon, maybe later in the evening, but usually so around about friends. Thursday, free of charge uh, on the Medicinal Mass Podcast Network, supported by Patreon. And you can find us on iTunes, uh, a Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, I think. Any number of places where you get on-demand audio, you can find us. You can even find us if you stop wearing that tinfoil hat. No, we'll I, no, I beam directly into your brain. I found out that if, um, like, at 10.30 p.m. On, on a Thursday night, no, 10.13, if I lean my head near the microwave and open my mouth, I hear it best. Mm. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> Marissa, your mom and I are very worried about you. <laughs> your mother and i are very worried honey Just stop talking home. to my mom <laughs> your mom is a classy lady i'm not going to <laughs> this is todd for shannon marissa and valentine saying good night back it up what are we doing next week shannon same thing we do every week pinky take over the world shannon it's shannon and the brain 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 Join us next time in which Mulder finally gets to figure out what the hell happened to his sister. And uh, we then get the MAGA chud that is the uh, uh, alien bounty hunter. All right. It, we're taking a dive with our folks. Just a major Mulder package in the tub there. Oh, you're right. We do. We get to see some Mulder dick. <laughs> anyway, this is Todd for Shannon, Valentine, and Marissa. I know that, that the truth is out there. Good night. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Stay tuned for more from our other shows on the Medicinal Mass Network. Do re mi fa solatito. Fuck off. You see, you gotta, you gotta be glad to be a bottom bitch. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Hold on, I didn't do the truth seekers thing. Why didn't I do that? I don't know. Find another me. word. Find another word. I cocked that up, didn't I? Yes. <laughs> Terrible. <laughs> Bad at this. Terrible. You're fired. Horrible. Horrible.